Good morning. Before I begin, I do want to make one uh, quick announcement. Uh, I want to remind everyone about our family and friends giving, all one word, that we are uh, having this evening. Uh, Normally every month we will do a family devotional, uh, and that is of course for uh, our our teens, our kids ministry, uh, all of our families, uh, our college and young professionals, everybody to really uh, come and spend time. Normally we go to uh, a particular house that will be hosting, a family that will be hosting for us, and uh, we'll eat there and everything. Um, We're doing a little bit different this evening, and we are meeting here. Uh, But not only that, we're also kind of putting a little more emphasis on the meal, uh, because we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal together. So uh, this evening, uh, if you uh, would like to join us for that, obviously we want you to be there. Um, We do ask that if you are coming, that you bring either a side or a dessert, something kind of Thanksgiving theme to go with everything. Um, And if you do have any questions about that, please let me know. But again, that'll be tonight, immediately after our PM service. Uh, We'll actually go downstairs into uh, the classroom right downstairs. Uh, And then actually after we do that, we'll also have a bunch of board games, card games, all that stuff set up in the teen room. And so we invite you to to hang out. I found out the kids don't have school tomorrow, so so we'll be there hanging out for a while, playing games and uh, just having a a good time together. So I invite you to, to join us for that. When I was in middle school, uh, I, uh, I got into sixth grade and I remember hearing about this big trip that was coming up in eighth grade. Uh, it was still, you know, at least two, over two years away, but I remember when we got into our science class in sixth grade, Our science teacher, who was kind of with us for 6th and 7th and 8th grade, she let us know that we were, in 8th grade, going to be taking a trip together to to space camp. Now, we were going to make our way all the way up to Huntsville. Of course, we uh, were in Mobile at the time, so it was a little bit of a trip. We were going to make our way there for for a weekend, and we were going to spend it there, and uh, we're basically going to get to experience space camp. And I remember all throughout 6th grade and all throughout 7th grade and even kind of the beginning half of 8th grade before that trip, I remember that conversation or that the excitement of that came up all the time with all of my friends or even just within our grade. And I remember looking at it and kind of seeing it as this almost kind of rite of passage of you're finally at the top of middle school and as a result of that you're going to get to uh, experience this weekend uh, together. And there was one thing uh, that kind of, uh, I guess, kind of separated me from, from everybody else and that was I did not want to go at all. Um, I, it sounded cool, don't get me wrong, going to space camp, it sounds awesome, uh, but I, I did not want to go to this. Uh, kind of full disclosure about me, when I was younger, um, I was a very anxious child. Um, there were a lot of things that, that I was not willing to do and that I just was not comfortable doing. And one of those things was traveling away from home. I wasn't good at it. Um, I, 
I basically was really good at getting out of doing something where I had to be somewhere else for a few days or a weekend or a week or, or whatever it might be. I just was not somebody that was comfortable going outside of uh, where I was so uh, used to living and used to being and where my family was and all, and all of that. And, and so this, this trip came closer and closer and closer and I kept thinking about it and it kept bothering me more and more and I just knew uh, more definitely every day that I was not going on this trip. And so, of course, the time came for everybody to start, you know, putting in their deposit for their, for their spot and kind of setting up all the arrangements and making sure that everybody was ready to go. And, uh, and I, I didn't turn in any money. And I told them, I'm not, I'm not going. Um, that was very unheard of. Uh, and, uh, and I even had multiple conversations from the, the science teacher and then uh, one of the principals at the school wanted to just sit down with me and make sure I understood that I was missing out on something that I really probably would love getting to do. And I, uh, I, I, I listened to them and I very politely declined and I said, I, I don't think I'm going to go. And so I remember... Um, kind of making that decision in my mind and, and, and I didn't go to space camp. Uh, all of my friends, everybody in our grade, they, they made their way uh, for the weekend out to Huntsville and, and I stayed behind. Um, and really what that all came down to was, um, was my, my fear of getting out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm very thankful that a, a few years after that, I really kind of came around and, and things really changed for me. And I was actually able to kind of start distancing myself. And, um, and, and so I'm really glad that I was able to get out of that. But I was so wrapped up in this idea of being stuck in comfort, of not getting outside of my comfort zone, of, of not doing anything that, that really kind of scared me a little bit. And even though it would have been safe, even though it would have been a fun experience, even though it would have been something where everything would have been just fine, I had told myself that it was too much for me to do because it was too far out of my comfort zone. Now, as you listen to this story about me, maybe you feel like you're kind of at that same anxiety level and, and you just... Like, you're right there with me where you've got to, uh, or at least eighth grade me, where you don't really want to go very far. You don't really want to travel. You don't want to really want to get too far out of your comfort zone. Or maybe you're a lot different from me and not as uh, ridiculous as I was, and that's understandable. But I think that we all have this idea of clinging to comfort in our minds. I think that we all have this, uh, this concept of looking for the things that make us comfortable and kind of sticking to those things. And of course, when we are comfortable, when we have those feelings, we, we enjoy that comfort. We enjoy this sense of security that we feel because of the things that we are so familiar with. Uh, we enjoy this security. We enjoy living a life that feels less stressful or maybe not stressful at all because we know what's coming our way. We know what to expect. We know what our schedule is going to look like. We know who the people we're talking to are going to be and we're familiar with them. And so we just enjoy being surrounded by the familiar. What we know and what we, used, what we are used to is what we cling to. 
And of course, if you think about, well, what's the opposite of being comfortable? It's being uncomfortable. And really, who, who wants to actually be uncomfortable? Now, I feel like most of the time we really don't want to be uncomfortable because that simply means, uh, or in our minds, it simply means you've got to find a way to find comfort, to no longer be uncomfortable. There's not a lot of appeal to that idea. And so instead, we look for comfort. We look for this idea of security. We look for this idea where we can get rid of uh, those outside, those unknown stressors and cling to comfort. Now, I want you to think through a, a scenario with me, all right? Um, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you are 75 years old. Now, I know for some of you that means you get to go back a couple of years, so congratulations. Uh, but for a lot of us, uh, you know, whether it's going forward a couple of years or if you're really young, you're going to jump forward 70 years. Uh, but I want you to all imagine in this scenario that you are 75 years old. And so you've lived, you've lived a pretty good portion of your life. You know, you've, you've got some things coming still, but, but you've, you've lived uh, a good amount of your life. And you've done a lot of different things all throughout your life. And uh, let's go ahead and also say that, that where you are now, that's where you continue to be. The place that you live is where you continue to be. The people that you're surrounded by are the people that you continue to be surrounded by. Uh, you, you just continue to really plant yourself where you are and you live the rest of your days until you are 75, uh, till this point in this scenario. And so here we are at this point. So you are very secure. You're, uh, honestly, you're, you're pretty comfortable. And here you are, 75 years old. And now, God comes to you directly God is now approaching you. He's coming to you. I know, it doesn't, uh, in, a, in a very kind of one-on-one -on -one sense, it doesn't necessarily happen this way, but it's happening in this scenario. He's coming to you directly, and he wants you to go. He wants you to go somewhere else entirely. Maybe it's completely out of the state. He wants you to just move to a different state. Maybe he wants you to move all the way to a different country. But he comes to you and he says, hey, I've got a new purpose for you and I need you to go. And in fact, he doesn't even tell you exactly where you're going to be going. He just says, I need you to follow me because I'm going to take you somewhere new because I have something very important that I need you to do. So you sitting there at, at 75 years old are thinking through all of this and see that he wants you to uproot yourself. Uh, and maybe some of your family, uh, and uh, grab your possessions and just go out into the unknown. To just make a decision to agree to go to something that, or somewhere that you know absolutely nothing about. Now, my question for you in this scenario is would you have a difficult time agreeing to this? Not necessarily would you ultimately make the decision to do this, but would you have a difficult time actually making that decision to go? How much struggling, how much thought would it take for you to actually say, you know what, yes, I am going to do that. Or for maybe a lot of us, if, we're, if we've lived you know, so much of our life and we've, just, we've really just planted our roots where we feel like we need to be, how are we really going to be able to say yes to something like this? 
Because we look at this question and we think about this scenario and we say, you know, I'm comfortable where I am. Um, Everything that I'm accustomed to, everyone that I know, it's all right here. So why why would I leave? Why would I pack everything up and and, and go where, where God is telling me to go? If you will, please turn in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. I want to read this passage with you. We're going to start in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12. And then obviously we're going to make a few connections to what we've just been talking about in this scenario and what we're about to read right now. In Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. All right. So maybe if you haven't already connected the dot, this is where this scenario that we were just talking about comes from. You see, Abram, who of course later on becomes Abraham, he's presented with this exact challenge. What happens, of course, is is that Abraham or Abram is is approached by God. And, And we look and we understand that Where Abram is living now is where his kindred, where his his father's house is. It's it's the place that he has gone used to. Uh, it's It's the place that he has gotten very comfortable with. And so God comes to Abram and he approaches him and he is basically calling Abram out of this comfort. And he's saying, you know, leave the place that you've known for a destination that you don't really know anything about yet. But he also says, and as we continue to look throughout this passage, he lets them know that great things are going to come to you. Not only that I want you to go in this direction, but also that I have a purpose for you. I have something set for you to do. I have blessings for you and for your family, and I even have a nation that is going to come from you. But in order for this to happen, in order for all of this to take place, for these blessings to really become reality, you have to go. You have to leave this comfort that you know, and you've got to go and you've got to follow me into what you really are not familiar with. And so we look at Abram, we look at what happens here, and of course, Abram does exactly that. He chooses to leave the one place that he's known for his whole life, uh, what is completely familiar and known and comfortable to him, and he leaves it for the unknown. He decides to go in this direction because that's where God was leading him. And of course, as we think through the story of Abram and Abraham, we know how important it is that he makes this decision. Because later on, uh, the entire nation of Israel basically comes from the lineage of 
Abram or Abraham. And so we see that this decision to go, this decision to follow God has very big, very awesome consequences uh, or results from his decision. And not only that, but we also see that a lot of other people all throughout the, New, uh, the Old Testament and even a few in the New Testament, if you want to kind of look through there, there are so many people that are called out of this idea of being comfortable. These people that are in certain places are used to these certain things or a certain way of life and God calls them out of these places and he says, I need you to do something that you don't even think that you're capable of doing. And of course, we see a lot of times these people do amazing things. They're willing to escape this comfort. They're, they're willing to go past the things that they know and travel into the unknown because of who their God is. And so this is exactly what, Abram, what Abraham decides to do. He decides to, to go out of this comfort and go into the unknown. He's challenged, just like many others, to do something different or, or scary or just completely new for the benefit of the Creator. Now we know that we like living in our comfort zones. We know that we enjoy having this level of comfort in our lives. We enjoy keeping routines. We enjoy spending time in familiar places around familiar people. But I want to kind of give us all a, a warning and, and kind of think about this, this really question, which is, if we are too comfortable, if we end up getting too comfortable in our lives, then are we really living the life of Jesus? If we get so comfortable in, in the routines of our life, of the places and the people that are familiar around us, do we end up missing out on opportunities to really live the way that Jesus wants us to live? Has our comfort actually ended up becoming complacency? And when our comfort becomes complacency, basically what that means is we end up living a life that revolves around our own satisfaction. And I actually looked up the word complacency and it has a little bit different meaning than I thought it did. Um, I thought it really just had a lot of meaning of uh, simply not really wanting to, to move or, or just really kind of staying in one position and, and kind of just getting used to that. But what this idea of complacency really centers around is this idea of self-satisfaction. And if we look at this idea of comfortable, we can understand that if we get too comfortable, what we are doing is becoming complacent. What we're doing is becoming so wrapped up in making sure that we are satisfied with how things are in our life that we become people living for ourselves and no one else. So, has our comfort actually become complacency? And when we look at our lives, when an opportunity to maybe share the gospel with someone or to be able to serve other people uh, in a way that, that exalts who our God is, or even if we're in our lives and, and we see all these difficulties that we are facing, do we look at these opportunities and simply decide 
this is too far out of my comfort zone to really do anything about it. And so then we become comfortable, we become complacent. And we decide not to uh, do these actions that are outside of our comfort zone, that we decide not to do these things that maybe scare us a little bit because they're really just not in our comfort zone. They're not things that we feel comfortable doing. And so then we end up missing opportunities to live the way that Jesus wants us to live. If we are too comfortable, then are we really living like Jesus? You see, if we end up saying no to those uncomfortable opportunities, we, we could end up saying no to the kingdom. And as we look at our lives and we end up declining these things because they're outside of our comfort zone, we could end up missing an opportunity to, to strengthen, to increase, to encourage those within or even outside of the kingdom and showing them what it means to live a life for God. Saying no to these uncomfortable things, even though they are uncomfortable, they are scary, they are new, they are unknown, that could mean that we are saying no to living for the kingdom, to growing the kingdom. If you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. We're going to look again at this passage that Jerry spread for us earlier this morning. And we see in Luke chapter 9 that uh, in, in what we're going to be reading, Jesus is actually in kind of a, a, more, uh, a more private, a more intimate setting. And, uh, and he's actually, uh, he's praying alone, but also his disciples are, are with him. And of course, his disciples are all of those that decided that they were going to be following him as, as he continued to, uh, to go all throughout and, and travel and preach and teach other people. And so we have these disciples that are with him. And uh, so there's no big crowd that's surrounding Jesus when he's speaking here. Uh, it's just him and these disciples. But Jesus shares this, this very important thought with them. And I want to look at it again, and I want to read this again with you and make sure that we have an understanding of what he's sharing with, uh, with these people, with, with these disciples. Beginning in verse 23, Luke chapter 9. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Now, within this statement or these couple of, of sentences that, that Jesus shares with these disciples, obviously he, he kind of shares that with, with us as well. And we're really able to look at this and we're able to understand exactly what he wants from us. Because if we want to follow Jesus, right here and even in several other places in the New Testament, he tells us exactly what it takes. And I have to tell you this, it's not comfort. What he says that we have to do is that we have to deny ourselves 
take up our cross and follow him. Now, this idea of denying oneself and taking up your cross, basically what that means in order for us to take up our cross, it means that we have to let go of what is in our hands. We have to let go of this comfort that we are holding on to. This comfort that we desire in our life. Because the things that are comfortable, those are the things that we hold close. And so we go throughout our lives and we're holding on to this comfort. And it's, it's very close to us and we make sure that we're holding on tightly to it because that is what makes us comfortable. That is the familiar. That's the things that we know. And so we hold on to these things. But when we're holding on so tightly, our arms are, are not free. They are occupied. And we're given this command to take up our cross but we can't do that because we have too much of our own comfort held in our own hands. And there's no way for us to, to take up this cross, to take it with us. There's no other way but to release these comforts that we've been holding on to so tightly. Amen. We have to let these things go and we have to take up our cross. And we've got to carry that with us, as it says in this passage, daily. We've got to carry that with us. And it, obviously, carrying a cross, it, it doesn't sound comfortable. It's, it's not comfortable. It's, it's difficult. But we have to take up our cross. And in exchange for that, we have to let go of our comfort. We have to leave the comfort that we're accustomed to and allow our Creator to take us where we need to go. Now, I think it's really cool, and, and, and I want to make sure that we kind of make this association, but if you think about it, the same call out of comfort that the Lord brings or, or brought to, to Abram, Abraham is actually very similar, if not the same, to this call brought to the disciples by Jesus. It's the same idea of, of leaving behind the comfortable and going into the unknown. But not only that, but it's the same call that our Father brings to us Amen. today. This idea of being called out of comfort. And of course, we can even look at the rest of uh, Abraham's life uh, we know that it was not exactly a, a life of comfort that he lived after this point. Uh, there were a lot of hardships. There were a lot of uh, losses and challenges that, that Abraham faced all throughout the rest of, of his life. We can look at the lives of these disciples uh, after uh, the life of Jesus, and we can see that they definitely did not have lives of comfort. Because they ended up facing persecution and suffering, and many of them even physical death. And of course, we can now look at ourselves and kind of see, well, where do, where do we fit? I think that many of us don't really live that same way. We are expecting lives where we feel comfortable. We're expecting lives where, where we feel like we're in control, we're surrounded by the familiar, and that's where we stay. 
However, there are some that I feel like probably at this moment are, are facing discomfort. There are some that are facing maybe not persecution in the same way or sufferings in the same way that we see previously, but we might be facing a lot of difficult things in our life. We might find ourselves in times of discomfort. So I want to look at a particular passage in, uh, in First Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Corinthians, in chapter one. If you'll turn there, Second Corinthians, chapter one. And as we are looking at this, we, we see that Paul is writing to Corinth. And uh, he's, he's starting off this second letter. And this is actually still kind of right after the, the immediate introduction where he's kind of saying who he is and who he's writing to. And he's starting off this letter to them by sharing in the comfort and the suffering that they are all receiving. Now, Obviously, as we look at our lives, there are some of us who are afraid to give up this comfort. And maybe for others, there are people that are uh, facing this discomfort. Um, if you feel like you're afraid of giving up this comfort, I want you to look at this passage in order to see what happens when you do make that decision. But for those of you that might feel like you are facing discomfort, that you are living an uncomfortable life, I want you to see the rewards that you will get from living that way. Let's read together 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 3. Read verses 3 through 7. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which, with, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. As we look at this passage, and this is, of course, Paul writing to the church uh, in, in Corinth, but we see that as we experience these sufferings and this affliction, as we find ourselves willing to go into these places of discomfort, getting outside of our comfort zones and getting into this new unknown territory, we see that we receive comfort. You see, by releasing our own worldly comfort, in exchange, we are given something much greater. And actually, it is a comfort. But it is a much greater comfort because it is not ourselves trying to have this self-satisfaction and complacency in our life. But it is instead us giving that up and receiving a greater comfort from our God. Amen. 
And so we receive a much greater comfort. But not only that, in this passage and specifically in verse 6, we see that we are, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and your salvation. It is through these things that will lead us to salvation. That will lead us to an eternal comfort that will never separate from us. That we will be able to, to live in for eternity. As I look back at my life uh, in, in middle school and um, kind of how anxious I was, the, the anxieties that, that I have, um, of course, I do look back and kind of wonder, you know, maybe, maybe I did miss a few opportunities. Um, I'll be honest, that eighth grade trip, when they came back and they were talking about it, I, I, you know, I'll definitely tell you that I felt like I missed out on something. I felt like that probably would have been an experience that I, I wanted to be a part of. But as I look at who I am now, I realize that I don't want to be stuck in a comfort zone. I don't want to grow complacent and so focused on self-satisfaction that I forget that there's something a lot greater that I need to be focusing my life on. I never want myself to be someone that misses what I'm capable of for the kingdom all because I'm holding on too tight to what makes me comfortable and ignoring the fact that I need to let those things go and start carrying across. As we conclude this morning, I have a couple of questions for you. And as you think through all of these ideas that we talked about this morning and really kind of make an assessment of who you are, I want you to think first about this question. Have you made yourself comfortable? Have you set your life up to where you are surrounded by nothing more than the familiar? Are you afraid to do those things that might cause discomfort? Or are you willing to put yourself in new, unfamiliar, uneasy, sometimes scary situations if that means you are going to bring a benefit to the kingdom? Are you willing to put in the work and be effective for our God? Have you made yourself comfortable? Now maybe you are looking at your life now and you say... I'm, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Maybe you're looking at yourself and you realize, yeah, I've definitely built up a lot of comforts in my life and I'm surrounded by those things and I'm not willing to get out of my comfort zone. Well, here's my final question for you that I want you to at least think about. What can you do to get uncomfortable? What do you feel like is something that you can do in your life for the Creator? Something that maybe you've been putting aside for a long time. 
or maybe something that has even just recently become very apparent for you and you know that you need to put some work into doing that even though you know you're not going to be comfortable doing that because it's scary, it's unfamiliar, it's, it's a part of the unknown. What action needs to be taken outside of your comfort zone to actually make a difference for our God and maybe in the life of, of someone else? Maybe you are here this morning and you realize you are far too deep into your comfort zone. And you've grown complacent. You've grown to becoming someone that's simply satisfied uh, in pursuing things for yourself. Or maybe you are really at a point of discomfort. And more than anything, you actually just need the encouragement of your family, your church here, who's going to support you and pray for you and help you in any way that they can. Our God wants us to be called out of comfort. What are we doing in order to make that happen? If there's anything we can do for you this morning,